Thanks for taking the time to listen to these recordings of our Sunday morning sermons. The Door Church is one church in two locations on mission to see lives restored with the gospel for God's glory, and we'd love to have you join us. To learn more about our gatherings in Louisville and Argyle, Texas, visit our website at thedoorchurch.net. Now, let's worship God by opening His Word. Um, welcome to Door Church. If you're new here, my name is Scott Brooks. I'm the lead pastor, and I'm on the preaching team. And the preaching team is uh, a bunch of, of men uh, that are trained to exalt Christ from the text. And so um, we do this for several reasons. One, uh, to make it about Christ, not a person. And secondly, we want to, to mature people and equip them uh, in their calling and gifting. That way we can multiply out either church planting or campuses uh, because we want to be serious about uh, sending the gospel to more places. And so uh, we, we share the pulpit to exalt Christ and um, we do that on purpose. And so I'm up here today bringing you the word of God in the Heart of Christ sermon series. It's a really, really sweet sermon series that we're doing of looking at the character and nature of who, who Christ is at his, at his core. Uh, it's, it's surprising and shocking because it says that, that Christ from his own mouth is gentle and lowly. Uh, this is how God reveals himself to us, and we want to experience who he is by the Spirit of God and the Word of God. So if you have your Bible, grab it. In Galatians 2.20, there's the second uh, part of the Heart of Christ series. Galatians 2.20, I'm going to read that uh, and then, then pray. <clears throat> it says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So that's the word we'll be looking at this morning. We bow your heads with me. God, we're so grateful for your word. I thank you that you've revealed yourself in the person of Christ and that, Jesus, you, you tell us about your, your, your heart, that you are gentle and lowly. I pray that we'd experience that love this morning. I pray that we would live from that revelation and experience from the heart of Christ, God, that we'd experience um, just you through your word. We need more, more of your love this morning to experience, to be under, understand it. So I just pray that uh, by the spirit of God, you would bring truth into our minds and hearts and help us battle lies that we believe and that we walk more in light of, of, of Jesus. We ask that in his name. Amen. Uh, the sermon title this morning, uh, if you're keeping notes, is Living from the Heart of Christ. Living from the Heart of Christ. We'll keep coming back to uh, that, that saying, Living from the Heart of Christ. So uh, we are in, 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 in the church, if you will. So we're in a building, if you didn't know that or not. And uh, there's always two groups of people uh, in, in the church, in this facility, uh, and they look pretty similar to some degrees. Like, I, I know that some degree that you're willing to hear a sermon. Why? Why? Because you're here. But usually these two people look very similar in the sense that uh, maybe they read the Bible, some on a daily basis, some less frequently, but they generally agree this is the word of God or the, the, the Bible's a good thing to read. Uh, they'll probably pray, maybe before meals, before they go to bed, uh, different types of prayer, but they're usually a praying people. Um, you, you have some gathering uh, attendance, you're here this morning. So these two groups of people, they read the Bible, they're going to pray, they're in church. Overall, they believe the Ten Commandments and to be a good person's uh, a good thing. Um, and you know, at some level, they want to be generous. Maybe they give 
more frequently than not, but they, they, on the outside, these two groups look exactly the same. You're like, man, they're doing the same things. Now, although they look exactly alike, they're doing it from two, uh, from two completely different motivation structures or places from their heart. Uh, you couldn't tell the difference by looking at their actions, but there's a world of difference. Uh, one maturing in Christ versus not, maybe heaven, hell difference, but they're all doing the same thing. They look exactly alike, but the motivation is completely different. One is doing it, what I'd say is for the heart of Christ, for the heart of Christ, which is motivated by fear. Like, so they believe that, man, I got to give, I got to pray, I got to be good. The 10 commandments, if I got to measure up at least better than the most, and they're trying to earn God's love through, through their works. Their acceptance of God is based on how, where, how well they're performing. Uh, they're going to be okay depending on how they're measuring up. Now, this is fear-based motivation. It looks like Christianity, but it's a, it's a false Christianity. It looks like they're doing everything right, but they're living for, for the heart of Christ, not, not from it. Uh, these people, one of the... <laughs> greatest places that you can see this, uh, this, that motivation is they're grumpy. <laughs> they usually have no joy. This, this Christianity is one of begrudging submission. I don't want to, but I have to. If I don't, God's going to get me. It's one of anxiety, nervousness, scoreboarding. Well, I did this, so I can do this. You're, you're, you're keeping a, a ledger. And this is all about living for the heart of Christ, doing all the right things, uh, seemingly. The other one's living from the heart of Christ. And this is motivated by a joyful response to Jesus' revelation of himself, that he is gentle and lowly in heart. Those who come to him find rest. It's motivated by grace in this Christianity. They're doing all the same things, but it's motivated not by begrudging submission, but of joy. The marks of this, this Christianity, which is from the heart of Christ, is rest. It's rest. It's wholeness, this idea of shalom. And the reason why I'm saying there's two groups in here, and we all, to some degree, may, may be in those categories, but that's a diagnostic. As I say those things, would you say I'm living for the heart of Christ, I'm trying to earn, and I have anxiety, and I'm, and I'm, I'm fearful, and I'm grumpy, or I'm living from the heart of Christ, or it's a joyful obedience and wholeness and rest coming from who Christ is and what he's done for us. See, this is a good diagnostics because... If you are just doing the right, right things, motivated out of fearful heart, you're either A, not a Christ follower. Like you, you've never started the Christian faith. Why? Because you're still basing the Christian faith on your performance. And that's not Christianity. Or number two, you are an immature Christian. And by God's grace, these are both good news because the grace of God wants to be applied to you this morning, not to live for the heart of Christ, but from it. This is how not only you begin Christianity, so I'll challenge you there. Have you started from what Christ says Christianity is? And this is how you grow, um, to live from the heart of Christ. What would you say you're doing? Now, Galatians is a, one of my favorite books in Scripture because it's just going continually just to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. What I mean that by that is it's going to continually to remind us that we live from, from the heart of Christ. It's, it's my favorite book because it just keeps going back to the doctrine of justification by faith alone and Christ alone. 
that the idea is you never graduate away from grace, that we, we need Jesus not sometimes but all the time. This is, this is the book of Galatians. And now what's interesting about Galatians, it talks about how, how you become a believer. It's that we have to admit that we're sinners, that we fall short of the glory of God, the wages of sin is death, but, but Jesus is the good news. We're not the good news. We didn't earn anything. We didn't perform anything, but, but Jesus, so we live from his life, death, burial, resurrection, his victory, what he's earned from us, that's where we live from. And, and, and what's interesting about Galatians, it's, it's, it's written to already Christians. So it's emphasizing you need Jesus or justification by faith alone and Christ alone, but it's going to reemphasize that to who? People who already know Jesus. So it's preaching the gospel to already Christians. So it says this in Galatians 3, uh, which is helpful one through three about living from the heart of Christ. Oh, foolish Galatians. So Paul's writing to Galatians like, someone has fooled you. You're believing something that's false. Who has bewitched you? There's a bait and switch that is happening. Um, it was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. I like that. It's one, one of my favorite verses. Because if you, know, if you know your Bible, the Galatians weren't there to witness the, the crucifixion of Christ. So what is it being said? The spiritual eyes of their heart has been so open to the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ as, as if they were there. They experienced the grace of God by the Spirit of God. They, they've understood grace is what that is saying. And so their spiritual eyes have been awakened to the love of God only found in Jesus. Then it goes on to say, let me ask you only this. Did you receive the spirit? That means, did you begin Christian? How did you start Christianity? Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by hearing by faith? Of course, it's hearing by faith. Are you so foolish? Having begun by the spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? It's asking this question is how, how do you grow in grace? It's saying, don't leave the heart of Christ. We, we live from that. So the way that we start is the way that we finish. And this, this book is written to already believers. So I guarantee you, if the Galatians are struggling with this, living for, trying to earn their acceptance, so are you. And we got to battle this with the truth of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, that, that's the context of the book of, of Galatians. But the central message of Galatians is that God's grace and love is, is not only the gateway, that's the entrance. How do you begin Christianity? It's through Christ alone, by faith alone, but it's also the pathway, the way that you grow. So the way that you, you start is the way that you grow. That's how you mature in the Christian life. It's just not the, the ABCs, but it's the A to Z. We got to keep coming back to the gospel. There is a false belief that the Galatians believe, and I guarantee that we believe on some level that the Spirit of God, I hope, just illuminates the beauty of Christ this morning to you that we believe that, th th there is, that God's love is strengthened. God's love for us is strengthened by our obedience. We have a, a chronic tendency as the Galatians to keep thinking like, if I obey, it's actually strengthening God's love for me, which is a, that's false. That's untrue, but we all believe that to certain, a certain degree, which is living for Christ, not from the heart of Christ. So what I want to do is we have to define the relations. How do we begin as a Christian? And then how do we grow as a Christian? And I'm going to argue it's to living, it's living from the heart of Christ. And this takes us a little bit to, to last week 
is to live from the heart of Christ is we have to have a DTR. Right now, I want you to have a DTR. If you don't know what that is, define the relationship. Why are you a sinner right with a righteous holy God? You, you gotta have a crystal clear answer to this. It's not something, it's everything. It's, e, it's e, eternal implications. Why are you okay with God? See, we have to understand the basis of our relationship with God is Christ alone. I'm gonna say it again. The basis that we have with God is through Christ alone, not Christ and something else. It's simply Christ alone. If that's not how you've started, man, you're, you're not a Christian. And I'm gonna lovingly tell you that because I want you to come under what it means to be a, a child of God simply by Jesus Christ. It says this in Galatians 2, verses 15 and 16, that we, we are made right with the righteous Holy God by Christ alone. We ourselves are Jews by birth uh, and not Gentile sinners, yet we know that a person, listen, is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus. Listen, in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, listen, no one will be justified. Can you be justified apart from Jesus Christ? The answer is absolutely not. You cannot, you cannot do good works to earn God's love. It's only through Christ alone. This was what last week was all about. Matthew eleven twenty eight. when Jesus reveals his heart, he says, come to me. That's the key. <laughs> we have to come to Jesus, all who labor and are heavy laden. The idea of labor, all of us, our default mode is we're going to work really hard to try to earn God's love. That's, that's what we all do. We're going to try to be good. We're going to try to earn it. We're going to try to figure it out, try to clean ourselves up. That's what laboring. We're going to exhaust ourselves to try to be good enough. And then it says, those are heavy laden. This is the idea that, man, you are a sinner, that we're, that not only are we a sinner, that we're sufferers, that we have guilt, we have shame. We define ourselves by things that have been done to us. He says, don't do that. He says, I will give you rest if you simply come to me. So what's the basis of our relationship with God? It says that it's, it's him. It's not you at all. For all those who are trying to work for it, it says your basis of a relationship with God is not by your performance at all. You're not defined by your sins. You're not defined by your sufferings. What makes you a Christian? The basis of your relationship is what? Is him. Those who come to him. It's not about you at all. And this is how you start the Christian faith is you got to recognize all you bring is all your filthy rags, all your self-righteousness, all your sins and all your sufferings. You come to him and you come into a new identity and he gives you rest. John 1.12 speaks it this way, but all who did receive him, that's to, to, to confess our, our labors and our heavy ladenness, but all who receive him, who believe in his name, listen, it gave the right, he gave the right to become children of God. So that's to define the relationship. Why are you a child of God? Those who receive Jesus, nothing else. Now this is powerful. It's talking about union with Christ, adoption in Christ. So you either are a Christian or you're not. Uh, one of the things I love asking people when talking about the Christian faith, they'll say, are you a Christian? It's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up in a religious home. Okay, or are you a Christian? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I you know, um, I believe the Ten Commandments. Or you know, I'm tr I'm trying to to be better. No, no. To be a Christian is either yes or no. It can't be I'm trying. I'm working on it. Why? Because it's either be a child of God or not. It's either yes or no. It can't be working on it. Like I have three kids. They're not working on becoming my children. Like that'd be a goofy endeavor. 
Like if I saw my kids trying to figure out, like trying to make their own birth certificate and present it to me, it's like, am I in? Or if I see them trying to do things to, you know, earn my affections, like can I, can I still be a child if I try really hard enough? No, like there's nothing they could do that will ever break my love for them. They will always be my child, either yes or no. And that, that relationship is bound for us as Christians, not on you, but of Christ. God wants to come to you this morning and say, man, I want you to lay all those deadly doings down and just remember you, you are mine. The way that you got into this family is not you. It's about Jesus. And the way that, that you didn't start to become a Christian, you can never get out of our family. Why? Because it's based on Christ. And that's the hope is that we understand our relationship with God is based solely on Christ, not you at all. How much at all? And that we would live from the heart of Christ knowing that our relationship is settled, knowing it's irreversible. That's living from the heart of Christ. Understanding what Jesus Christ secured for you, you could never lose. So we should be very secure. But what I see is a lot of insecurity. Why? Because we believe, we believe that our works, our works um, mature us. We believe our works keep us. So there's a subtle lie in your heart, and I know it because it's in every heart. Martin Luther, who's a great theologian, says the default mode of the human heart is, is religion. So what we keep going back to moment by moment, day by day, is self-justification. We're going to come to God and say, look at me now. And we're hoping that God be like, oh, that's good enough. That's living for the heart of Christ. We're trying to be good enough. We're trying to do these things saying, God, am I acceptable to you? That, that's, how, that's how we all go back to. That's our natural mind. That's not the spirit of God. That's our natural mind that we're going to try to earn God's love. And man, I struggled with this greatly. I mean, I, I, if, if I had to give a poll of how many times I asked Jesus in my heart as a kid, it'd be like maybe 10,000 times. And, and the reason why is because I was always coming to Jesus as a second chance, not a savior. Is this because Jesus, I just need a little bit more grace and then I, and then I got it. I'm going to keep it this time. And the problem is, you know, well, I'd stink over the week. I was like, well, this time, God, just wipe it clean and then I got it. But that never worked. Why? Because who was I relying on for my salvation? Me. Am I, am I a savior? No. It's when you come to Jesus, his finished work, it's settled. It's, Jesus is not a second chance. He's our savior. There's nothing that I have to do to earn it. Now that is hard for us to believe. And it's hard for me to believe. I got to preach the gospel, you know, sometimes just so you know, I preach the gospel to you by God's grace. I'm always preaching to me because my heart is always unsettled to a certain degree that I have unbelief in my own heart. And I'm so grateful that this is true. So another way to look at that, this is that Jesus has earned my acceptance. He has earned God's love that can never be shaken or moved. Now, we, we don't understand this because everything else in life is about performance. If you measure up, you're good. So I give an illustration that I'll clarify. It's always a benefit coming to the second gathering. It's, it'll be better this time. When I was younger, I was, I was on a really good team. We were really good at baseball. We got beat like twice in like 10 years. I don't know. We were really good. And I, I was playing second base. And, you know, I, I, it was in a championship game. I don't know if I botched the, the, the ground ball or overthrew it, but it totally lost the game. Like, there was no excuses. Like, well, I did that. And I remember looking at my coach and just, it was, it was shame all around. I mean, there's like, what do you do? It was like the easiest play. And um, my point there 
is I felt condemned and I, and I almost got worse because in my mind, like I know, like I lost the game and I'm looking at the coach, he knows I lost the game and now I'm insecure about my position. So now on every other play that's hit to me, I'm always worried if I'm gonna make the play or not, if I'm coming in or out of the game, why? Because I felt very insecure about my performance and I was wondering if I'm in or out, which is a natural mind. It, it only made me worse. Like it continually got worse and worse and worse. Eventually, like I want to take myself out. Um, the the illustration that I want to to bring in is yes, that's kind of God as your boss. But my dad's love never wavered. It's not like he loved me and accepted me depending on if I made the throw or not. He's always in my corner. He was he's for me. And, and you know over. So if we can understand. God's love, it actually makes us stronger and more obedient because it's not wavering on our performance. It actually is a very helpful thing. So another thing that may help you is, is daddy ball. I don't coach my kids because daddy ball is the, the real thing. And as they're younger, it's even greater. It's like, um, so if you don't know what daddy ball is, usually that means their dad's the coach. What that means is their son's gonna play no matter what. That's kind of what we have with God. Like we're so secure even though we're not probably the best, like we're gonna play, why? Because we have that relationship, we're in the game. Like God's love is so founded upon us that he is all in despite our performance and that approval will actually yield to, to maturity. That approval will actually yield uh, to, to sanctification or growth in Christ. See, this is the truth of Christ, that God's love has been earned for us perfectly. Uh, in Jesus. It can never be moved. But Galatians 3.10 here in the text tells us what we all do, this default mode of the human heart is self-justification. For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. Our tendency is always to rely on the works of the law, which yields a curse. We leave the good news of Jesus Christ, and we try to start earning God's love by our performance, and that yields to be a curse. Um, we all do it to some degree, and we got to preach the gospel to ourselves continually and always, and this is how we mature in Christ, that we got to live from the heart of Christ. But this is living for the heart of Christ, thinking that you can do something to add to God's love to you, to strengthen it, and it's a false gospel. That's a lie of Satan. It actually moves you away from experiencing God's love. So if we're relying on, on the law, it's under a curse, some of us, do pretty well. Like, like, well, I'm a good person. I keep the Ten Commandments. And, and, and you think that your performance, listen, is going to manipulate God to giving you the life that you want. That is a false gospel. You're relying on your own efforts to turn God's hand toward, towards you that you think God in some way of your right living could owe you. That's a false belief. You think that there's some performance that you could or could not do that would earn his love for you. That's a false gospel. What this yields is, if you are relying on your works and by some miraculous chance that you think you're living up to it, you know what that yields is a proud heart. The, the anti-fruit of the Spirit is a proud heart. If you want to know you're not walking with Jesus, do you look down upon people? That's full of self and not Christ. If you ever have a better than Spirit, you know your work, you're relying on the law. And then furthermore, if you're relying on the law, eventually, it's not if but when, you will fall flat on your face. Usually when, I, when someone comes to Christ, like, man, I praise God. You're in Christ. You're forgiven. And I'm going to tell you, because, I mean, there's a, like a spiritual high. It's like, no, I'm going to be perfect forever. It's like, you're not. And I don't want you to fall on your face, but you're going, you're going to fall. You're, you're going to slip back into a sin pattern. You're going to struggle. 
And I need you to hear me. God's not going to be mad at you. Why? Because it's been paid in full by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. When we rely on our performance, we think that God is mad at us, that he's angry at us, that he'll condemn us, that God wouldn't love, God's, God's love is going to run out on me. This is a false belief that comes from relying on your self-righteous, relying on works. A good diagnostic for this is when you sin, not if, but when you sin and you struggle, where do you run to? Do you run to Jesus or do you run away from him? Do you have to think you have to put yourself in timeout and punish yourself? That just shows you that you're not relying on the grace of God, that you're living for Christ and not from him. So let's get down into to Galatians 2.20, living from the heart of Christ, living from the heart of Christ. It says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the, the flesh, listen, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This should be the banner of truth that we live our life from the love of God, from the heart of Christ. We have a God who loved me, so loved me and gave his life for me. So this is what's been preached to me all week. When I sin, not, not if, but when I sin, and I do it more than I, than I like to admit, and it, you know, I get frustrated. And I believe, I believe that God's love lessens for me when I sin. And that is false. It's, it's, like, it's like clouds on, a, on, a, on a, a rainy day. That does no less mute or take out the sun than does our sin. I may not be seeing the sun behind the clouds, but the sun is still shining. It's not, it's not sniffing out the source of, of that light. I may not be experiencing God's love when I sin, but it's there. The grace is there, and we have to look past our sin to the love of God. See, really the sin underneath the sin is not actually believing the grace of God. Really, the sin that really grieves God's heart more I think grieves God's heart more than anything is that we don't understand that his love is not tied to our performance. His love is constant and ever-changing. Why? Because that's what Jesus Christ has earned for us. See, again, this goes back to our justification. How did we start? This helps us mature. It says this in Romans 5, 6. It says, for while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for what? The ungodly. Listen to when, you're, when, when, when your Christianity began. It says, when you were weak, it didn't say when you figured it out and you came to church and you started nailing it. It says when you were at your worst moment, it said Christ died, what, for the ungodly. If that was the start of your Christian faith, do you think when you fall flat on your face, it's like, I'm out? No, no, it, he knows you, that's why he came. He so loved you, he was moved to meet you in your sin, take our place so we could always have his love. See, we have to see how our Christianity began by Christ alone. How do we grow? By Christ alone. His love will never change. Why? Because it's based on Jesus. It's based on Jesus, not on you. And there's freedom, there's life, there's hope when we believe that. Um, you know, it, it says here, I've been crucified with Christ. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The way that we can be so confident, because I know, I know some of you have deep sin in your heart, in your lives. I know you have deep guilt. I know you have shame. 
I know you had failures. I know, because I, I, I experienced these things. And there's sufferings. But it says, I've been crucified with Christ. So what that means is when you come to Christ, when you put your faith in Christ, that your, your judgment for all your sin, all your guilt, all your failures, all your struggles was, was moved back to the cross of Christ. It's, I have been crucified with Christ. That my sins have been nailed in, not in part, but in full on the cross. So there's no more judgment for me. Why? Because that judgment has already happened. Because of the judgment of Christ, we only have the smile of God. That's why this is true. We have to see the cross rightly to believe this is true. See, his love for us is tailored not because of performance, because of Christ's perfect performance. But every day, I'm going to tell you, you're going to forget the gospel. It's just that that's, that's where we have like gospel amnesia. We got to keep going back to saying, why does God love me? Because Christ and Christ alone, that our judgment has already happened. Although we deserve the, the condemnation of God, and we do. We have the commendation of God, the acceptance of God, because Jesus paid in full. Jesus said himself, it was finished. So we come unto Christ. We have a father that looks at a son and a daughter who sees, listen, no sin. Our sins are many, but his mercy is more. All he sees, all he sees is, man, the grace that, he, that Jesus has been poured out for us. We have to learn to live from the heart of Christ, from, from the love of God. Not, not your performance. We get to keep, we are so loved by God and this is how we live. We live from, listen, we live from the smile of God. If you ever wonder if God is pleased with you, the answer is yes and amen. And you're like, how could that be? Because of Christ, you have the smile of God upon your life. We live not to earn a relationship with God, but we live from union with God because of Jesus. So every moment, every day, every week, every year, we got to continually bring our minds and our hearts unto living from the heart of Christ, understanding the gospel of Jesus Christ. This yields maturity. We don't, we don't start and start to grow on our own. That's a false gospel. We live from the heart of Christ, not sometimes, but all the time. And it's the aroma of Christ. You know, I'll, I'll close with this. Is I think so many of us want, want to change the world maybe even to like shepherd your kids or change whatever. And I was just talking to someone uh, this morning and if you want to shepherd your family, you know what you need to be of? Be full of, full of grace. What your kids need more than anything, what your spouse needs more than anything, what this world needs more than anything is you to be full of the grace of God, not self-righteousness, not that you're nailing it, but a humble posture under the grace of God so it flows into your heart and out of your lives to them. Because if you don't live as a posture under Christ, all you're going to do is teach your kid to be a little self-righteous, arrogant little kid that thinks that they've got it going on. What they need you to be is desperate and dependent under the grace of God. We live from the heart of Christ, the smile of God that only Jesus could provide. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would help us respond by faith and believing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Once again, maybe for the first time, but there's so many of us that are living under guilt and shame and not on the, the source of grace. And it's not that you have changed, but we have shut, shut your love out by 
believing a lie a performance. It is, it is done. It is finished. Your love is secure. Help us experience your grace once again, that you move the storm clouds of sin out of our life by, by your spirit and believe there's a constant source of love founded upon Jesus and Jesus alone. Help us walk in freedom. Help us walk in security this morning. God, we're so desperate for you all the time, all the time. I pray that you would just flood this place and particularly our hearts with your spirit of joy and gratitude and worship. We ask that in Jesus' name, amen.